0: Talk lines open now at 247-2000.
1: Monday, my friends. Michelle here with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce. It is Business Matters Monday. We've got Rebecca Thelen in the house from, hey, guess where? The Ketchikan Job Center. It's actually open. Jessica Matthews here from the Department of Corrections. And of course, up first, it's our good friend Dave from the governor's office. How's it going, Dave?
0: Good to be back with you.
1: Yeah, you took a little vacay or something last week, huh?
0: Yeah, we had a, a friend's daughter get married in in Michigan and it was my wife's anniversary so we kind of uh, uh combined a anniversary getaway trip with uh with that. So, it was very nice. That's
1: super fun. Michigan is awesome in the autumn.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, as as is Kentucky um in the fall. <laughs> Just, <laughs> right. yeah. There
1: you go. There you go. That's great. Hey, so uh what's brewing in the governor's office?
0: Well, the governor, uh, is out in Nome today. Uh, you, you know, of course, the, the cleanup, repair, rebuilding, depending on the damage and the condition that the typhoon left so many communities along the west coast, uh, it, that, that is an ongoing effort and, uh, the clock is ticking because, uh, winter is, is coming. So, uh, time is of the essence and it's interesting. So I was down, in in tennessee while the hurricane was hitting uh florida and moving slowly up the east coast and when you look at the scale and the scope from it hitting florida to i think sort of uh uh petering out in uh in charlotte that's that, that's still not quite the distance maybe within a couple hundred miles of the coastline uh uh, of Western Alaska that was struck by this so it has been it, it has been quite uh, uh, from a scale standpoint you know quite interesting to see not just how the response has been from a government level and and from a regional and village corporation level but how every every everyday Alaskans out on the west coast have been pulling together to do whatever they can to help their neighbors
1: yes uh, and I read an article uh, we, we remember we were talking I said well you know a lot of folks up there are living a subsistence lifestyle and it's extremely important to their livelihood and so now there's a high propensity that many of them lost their entire everything they've been storing and hunting and fishing for all summer long and there was an article that I read that said exactly that Um, in this case the gentleman had three freezers all of it
0: gone. Yeah, and if, if you've not either lived in the state of Alaska most certainly not lived that level of, of a lifestyle where that is just a cornerstone uh, of not just your, your wintertime, but your but your year-round uh, food supply and food source, especially for proteins, of course, uh, uh, people harvest different berries and other stuff for, for other uh, essential nutrients as well. It, the concept is just lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the idea, so, so, yeah, you could do online uh, mail grocery orders and that, and there are some businesses here in the state that take care of that. But, of course, those costs compared to, well, I'm going to get my hunting license, I'm going to go out and harvest moose or caribou or, or whatever I'm going to do, and that is going to carry my family through the winter. I mean, it, it, yes, it's, there's a traditional aspect to it, but there is an enormous fiscal aspect to it that I think a lot of folks don't truly appreciate.
1: Well, and the other thing, you know, back to what we were talking about before and and indeed was confirmed in this article is that particularly this one was about gnome is that now, really, there are no means to even try and recover, say, you know, to go uh, caribou hunting right now, because most of the boat motors, uh, the ATVs, and et cetera, those were also decimated and ruined. And uh, it's just a travesty. Uh, It's good to hear that the Red Cross is is dedicating money locally right here to Western Alaska. Um, I know when I was at the State Chamber Conference, uh, they did a big fundraiser up there uh, for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's just hope and pray for those folks to m- be able to make it through the winter. Have you gotten any reports of some folks deciding to relocate for the winter until maybe the the weather breaks in the spring and then get back in you there know, and rebuild? You
0: know, I. I- I don't have those, uh, you know, Brian Fisher and, and or uh, General Sachs may have some initial data, but but I think part of it, too, is, you know, the uh, folks that live along the West Coast are are hardy, uh, ingenious folks, uh, because in the dinner, winter, if there is a problem, they have to make do with the resources that they have, and, and I think, uh, you know, a, a lot of folks are waiting to see, okay, how quickly can we get the insulation and the, the plywood and exterior wrappings and maybe sheet metal for the roof how quickly can those be sourced and delivered out there that we can make the repairs necessary not the forever repairs but the the upcoming winter repairs and and move along on that you know it's it's the, the, the power generation which in the first critical days was critical. I believe that is all stabilized in every community that has been impacted thus far. And if you have power now, you can. You if, if replacement freezers show up, and somehow you were fortunate just to lose power, but you had chest freezers because everybody who's had a chest freezer and lost the power, you got a little bit of time because it's a it's a big insulated cooler. And depending on how long you're without power, what if, if the uh, if the chest freezer was was waterlogged in that, you, you may be able to salvage quite a bit as to what was in there, as long as you can get the power back on. So I, I'm sure that those uh, evaluations are ongoing. Uh, and then, of course, families are going to have to make the very difficult personal decision of, are we in a good shape, are we going to be fine, or do we need to go elsewhere for the next six, seven months, uh, stay with family or friends in a different either part of town or different community to weather to winter.
1: Right. No, indeed. I, I agree. So you mentioned a couple weeks ago that you were sifting through the budget. I believe that was verbatim what you said. How How is your sifting going?
0: Well, you know, the, the volatility of the commodity of oil right now, along with the United States economy officially being in a recession, uh, is, is a challenge for everybody. I mean, it's a challenge for folks who are crafting the state budget. It's a challenge for communities across the state. And I don't think there's a single uh, member of the you know, Ken Chamber that are looking daily at the Wall Street Journal and going, "What, what the bleep is going on? And when is this going to end?" I mean, the 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 great tourism season that Southeast exper- uh, has experienced this year. You know, what what does the recession translate to future bookings? What does it translate for government services? And you know, when people some people have this detached view that the state budget is immune to, to reality. And I, I think as, as the, the budget folks uh, craft this, looking at the governor's priorities of public safety and, and education uh, with, with those continuing to be a focal point of, of his administration. Um, I, I, I don't know what the final numbers are and what the percentages are, but, but I, I, I think people who who pay attention Aren't in the position of kidding themselves to see that there are going to be some challenges for everybody as the national economy continues to grind.
1: Yes, indeed. And all right, so that I mean that leads me to just a random question that I had when you're when you're sifting through the budget, do you set up scenarios um, like, for example, the budget needs to look like this if oil is at twenty dollars a barrel, the budget can look like this if it's at fifty dollars a barrel, or at eighty, it could look like this.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I know enough about the the eggheads that that love Excel spreadsheets, and I'm not one of those people uh, to know that they look at different projections. I mean, we are using uh, over the past few years. This administration has been using the same uh, oil price forecast that is used on Wall Street. So we're not coming up with some sort of you know Alaska is different and our numbers are better that that can be sort of shaved and, and skewed a bit by by local viewing. Uh, Uh, We we use what is the industry standard to help set uh, price projections for for Alaska crude and and go off of that, Uh, as well as the five-year plus one rolling average of the returns on the permanent fund. And like I said, everybody who's been looking at their 401k for the past year probably going to be in the the job market or, or labor force for the next year or two longer than what they were planning on because of retirement.
1: Oh, yeah, indeed. And back to uh, something that you mentioned just a few seconds ago, Um, I did read another article. Now, folks who are listening out there, this is nothing that is an official announcement from uh, Cruise Line Industries. It it was just an article that I read. Um, I don't know. It might have been the Wall Street Journal or somewhere. Uh, But uh, they said that the the cruise lines are currently reporting a 50% drop, and they're attributing this to inflation, a 50% drop. For this period, this moment in time for those that are booking Christmas or holiday cruises, however, uh, they are still seeing extremely strong bookings uh, moving forward for those that are planning on traveling in the spring and summer of 2023, so Let's hope that continues to hold out and uh you know i know at least here in southeast all over alaska for that matter you know that we do get a number of foreign uh visitors uh you know it's just not people coming from the lower 48 on those cruise ships or independent travelers you know there are other folks and i you know i, I hate to say i think we're kind of in a unique position here in alaska for in that respect because it is on so many people's bucket lists. And given various things happening around the globe, Alaska is viewed as a very safe place uh, to visit, as opposed to some other considerations that people may have. Um, and, you know, cruising is, and, and, and also independent traveling, but largely cruising is a, a great and best option for people to be able to visit Alaska. Whereas if you were saying, well, you know, I'm going to consider either a cruise to Mexico or maybe I'll just go. well now you've got all inclusive resorts you've got you know a number of different options and uh, anyway so I think I'm an optimist I think moving forward 2023 is going to be great and I, I hope that is the case.
0: Well, I can tell you anecdotally in both Tennessee and Kentucky, where I was for several where where I was where I was for seven, uh, several days, when people find out where my wife and I were from, they've either traveled here on a cruise or uh, Alaska remains on their targeted bucket list uh, as a trip of a lifetime. So there is there is no loss of luster on the state as a destination. It's the current economy that is a barrier for for many folks to entry right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And so it'll be it'll be interesting how that shapes up. But uh, you know, midterms they're coming up, so maybe we'll see some change. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, anything else brewing in the governor's office?
0: Nope. You've got a guest, and I will let you get to the other part of your show, Michelle, and we will chat with you next Monday.
1: All right. See you then. Have a great week, Dave. Cheers. Bye. Always love talking to Dave. I thought he said he went to Michigan.
2: He mentioned Michigan.
1: Okay, I thought he did. Uh, ladies, I, I and then he's like, anyway, in Kentucky, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, Well, maybe he went all three places. Who knows? <laughs> You know, if you're in if you're in the in that middle part of the of the country, generally speaking, having been having grown up there myself and gone to college in Michigan, it's real easy to bebop around between states and just like even in just your car, which I don't know would seem like I don't know. Having lived in Ketchikan now for 13 years, like anything longer than driving to the end of the road here seems like absolute torture. I know. It feels like so long. And people, you know, down south, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get in the car and drive for four or five hours. And this is a road trip. This is fun. I would be, like, tearing my hair out. Anyway, but I digress. A uh, few announcements. First, folks, don't forget, we we actually are having a pop-up chamber lunch this week in the chamber offices. That's happening Wednesday at noon. Senator Bert Steadman is in town, and he's got. He had stopped into the office uh, several weeks ago, and and just confirmed over the weekend that he will be able to come. We'll serve a light lunch, no charge. Just stop in, um, and he'll be there to answer questions. And he's got some interesting insights onto what's going, what's going on with state finance and transportation and all of the other issues. You know, the cool thing about our legislators in Alaska is that a they're so accessible, and b they're great conversationalists. So you know. stop by if you've got a question, maybe even unrelated to that. I'm sure he would be happy to answer. One point of clarification, this is not a campaign event. This is an informational event. Uh, The chamber does not support or endorse any candidates whatsoever at this time. Uh, So with that being said, Wednesday, 12 p.m., stop by the chamber offices, and we're located second floor above Wells Fargo in the plaza. Also, you need to check your inbox, chamber members, and shoot me an email at info at com if you have not received it. But on Friday, ballots went out for the board elections, and we've got some great candidates, and uh, we have a fabulous board. And so make sure you register. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, at noon. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know. There's really no winners and losers, because truth be told, if someone's interested in being on the board and they don't win the election, which happened last year by only two votes, right? Mm -hmm. We don't do recounts at the chamber. Anyway, the person usually slides into an appointed role. So they'll be on the board for a year as opposed to three years. And really, you know, sitting around the board table... It's not like people are going, well, I was elected and you weren't. There's no <laughs> difference whatsoever. It's very equal. So welcome, ladies, Jessica and Rebecca. Hey, I know and I've heard around the com- uh, community. People are like, what the heck? I want to go to the job center. No one's there. It's like a ghost town. Not anymore. Rebecca's over there. Mm-hmm. You are over there. And uh, the new manager of the job, too. You know, you've only been on a job for a couple of weeks. So what's a role? So what you been up to? You know, you've only been on a job for a couple weeks so what you been up to
3: yeah <clears throat> excuse me in the few weeks I've been there I've been learning about the job center and learning about what we actually can do for our community to make our workforce stronger here in Ketchikan and making that connection between the employers and the employees of Ketchikan
1: yeah so you know as I understand it um, from Glenn the regional manager who is fantastic and he has been on this show um, part a big part of your job is community outreach right to make those partnerships happen and to let people really know for example like who knew there's so many free training opportunities that you guys can offer people for people who are maybe changing careers or getting back into the the job force and like what and stuff like that absolutely we can offer training and and stuff
3: like that absolutely we can offer training cdl training any of your medical training cna training anything for c word Mm -hmm. maritime Um, there's basically anything job related training certifications and are
1: those funded or am i or am i going to have to come out of pocket for some of that or is it funded yes most of it's funded and how cool is that yeah, it's it's amazing.
3: Again, our whole idea and our whole process is to make our job community stronger, confident in their jobs, and what does that more than training?
1: And Lord knows everyone is <laughs> wanting employees, right? I mean it's amazing. Like I probably my phone rings off the hook. Help, I need to hire someone. I'm like, hey, I am you and the rest of the town, you and the rest of the town. But yeah, so so people can come in and and you're also in the core, you're right now building your, your team because there's two other individuals that will ultimately be there with you, right? Exactly. Yep. We're
3: looking for two technicians, resume to help us uh, support that resource room, do the trainings, resume training, cover letter training, even interviewing training. If you've got a job come up. Come in, see us. We can help
1: you with that interviewing process. Though, Here's a hint, hint for listeners. Uh, those jobs, you can still apply for those two teammate jobs to Rebecca until this, it's this Wednesday or is it Friday? That's correct. It's this Wednesday. This Wednesday. So, like, I would assume 5 p.m. So, definitely, um, you know, go apply for those. Those are good jobs. Those are really good jobs. And I can tell you, because I've known Rebecca a long time, she would be a great teammate. So, I would encourage you to do that. And, hey, speaking of jobs, I'll flip flip it over to Jessica. So Rebecca comes tootling into my office last Friday, and she's like, hey, look at this flyer. And I'm like, holy smokes. You've got job openings at the corrections facility, but there's like a... You do, and that's working at the corrections facility, but there's like a mongo bonus. There is. Like, if you thought your PFD was big Uh uh-uh, that's small compared to that. Tell me about this.
2: So the current hiring bonus is $10,000 and um, it is contingent on completing the probationary period, but you get the first portion um, pretty much uh, out the gate once you've started. Um, So that is a big draw. Um, There are other opportunities and bumps in pay. If you have a college degree, there's a bump in pay. There's overtime uh, naturally. Um, If you do any extra training, additional training, once you're through, you'll get a bump in pay as a trainer. Um, And then we even have an attendance bonus. If you uh, meet the parameters of our attendance uh, uh, incentive, then you also get an extra thousand dollars for that.
1: Oh my gosh, you am going to be like getting rich at the jail. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. But yeah, so do you have to be like a former police officer or law enforcement background? Or, you know, what would be the qualities? I mean, you know, I, I know that it's outlined in the job description, which you need to go find. But basically what... Are the qualities?
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, you can find the job description on Workplace Alaska Number One, and Rebecca and I are uh, uh, available to help you walk through that process. But I find the best job qualities for us are someone that has customer service skills.
1: Oh, okay, interesting.
2: We're, we're involved in public safety. We're here to help the community stay safe, but also we're help we're here to help the community. Um, have people that are viable to come back into society. So good customer service, you know, we interact with law enforcement, medical, um, the court system, uh, the public. Uh And, you know, so I find people that are able to, uh, you know, Help people in a positive way it role models what we want our clients to see it role models what the community wants to see and it makes for things to flow better Mm -hmm. you know if we're all gruff and rough then it's it's a it's a long day Um, so customer service skills are what I found coaching leadership um, and you know just good integrity and values uh, to begin with
1: so you know it's kind of interesting this is just me talking now you know one would think never been there Never hoped to go there, sorry to say.
2: I'll give you a tour.
1: I would like a tour, actually. I think that would be very interesting. But the first thought that someone that comes to someone's mind would be maybe something like they saw on TV, which of which of course is dramatized, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a horrible play. oh, it's you know, just a deep dark dungeon. And the same goes for the people that work there, but I know from talking to you over the several years that you've been there you've really made some pretty ingenious and incremental changes to really build the team of employees, and like you said, make sure that the folks that are stopping in to see you, um, you know, usually at not a good day in their life, um, are able to go back out into the community, as is often the case, and be positive after that experience, right? In other words, so, it, it's not like this life-changing negative experience for them when they're visiting you, um, maybe a learning lesson, but nevertheless, they're coming out at maybe with the, some thoughts in their mind and, and ready to be back to being a positive member of the community. I, that was a roundabout way of saying it, but I'm, am I spot on on that? Or? No,
2: absolutely. We want people to come back into the community. And the fact is almost 98% are coming back into the community at one time or another. So a very few people stay incarcerated. Um, so eventually everybody comes out. And our facility, we rotate pretty fast. So people are coming in and out quickly Um, but we want people to come out uh, in a better uh, place than when they uh, started and pretty much everyone starts in a dark spot so the sky's the limit for going up and we do a lot like Rebecca does we offer uh, CPR training we offer first aid training, we offer um, food handler safety training, we oh, offer cool. all kinds of things. So when you come to an employer, and you talk to them, and you've got two applicants, one of our people might already have their CPR card, and one of them might already have their food safety handler card. Um, and we have marine safety classes, too, where they, it's one of the funner classes where the big boat blows up in our dining hall, and they jump into the a survival suit in the time limit. So, um, but that we're a maritime community, right? So those are things that are really important, we try to push GED uh-huh. um, as well. Uh, again, our, our turnover is so fast that they often don't finish, but we connect them back to the university. We connect them back to KIC, anywhere so that they, when they come out, they're better than when they came in. And um, I didn't do this, and my staff generally come up with the greater ideas, um, but we try to treat people how we want our family to be treated if we were having a bad day or if our family member was having a bad day. And when you do that, you can essentially get it right. And we are, we're ready to build our team as well uh, with people eager to work.
1: Well, okay, so that's the reason that I brought that whole thing up was not to necessarily do this deep dive into what happens behind the doors of the jail, yeah. but rather to illustrate the environment in which a potential em- employee might be working. Mm -hmm. And maybe they had some assumptions that are surely not correct based on what you just said. And it's so fascinating to me, and Rebecca, tell me if you have any thoughts on this because you were just in tourism over the summer. But there's been this monumental shift over the last couple of years where the, the workplace environment and the culture of the team where you work has become so much more important to people. And oftentimes, that's the make or break between the choice as to, okay, I'm looking at two, working at two different places. I think I'm going to go with this one. It is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's about
3: the people you work for. It's about the people you work with. And those decisions will will make or break an employee of staying with you or, or not with you, moving on to another, if you will, another family. Right, 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 right.
1: I read an interesting quote this morning. Um, that said, you don't build a business, you build people, and the people will build your business. And I just thought to myself, oh, that's so simple, but it's so brilliant.
2: Yeah, we have a, 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 I have a saying at the jail, too, is we're a basketball team. Uh, typically, our shifts are uh, five to six people, and everybody has a role. Everybody has a position, and you know you rotate in those positions. And it is a basketball team because you are committed to each other, and you're on the same shift, and you you flow through um, your rotations together. So um, it is a tight knit group, and uh, I really do like that part of it, the basketball team aspect.
1: So are you saying okay? And, uh, let, let me just. I want to ask about this. Okay, so if anyone knows anything about the crossing guards downtown. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you do, Rebecca, (laughs) of course. Um, During their time, periodically, what they will do is um, you might be the person who's walking on the sidewalk checking on all the crossing guards, and then two hours later, you might be the guy or gal that's holding the stop sign over there near the arch. And so they move around Uh, in the middle of their shift all doing different things Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of mix it up a little bit is that the case um, where at the jail or or is it the case like one day on Tuesday I might be the point guard on the team but on Thursday I might be the center or the forward
2: A little bit, and I feel like we're unique in Alaska in facilities because most facilities, you go to your post for 12 hours, you stay there for 12 hours for seven days, and that's what you do. Um, What we do here is we rotate it around. Uh, About every four hours, you're going to rotate to a different post, uh, be it control, the rover position, or in uh, post five um so you'll move okay that's cool you get that break and we also have a booking position which you would get assigned let's say on a tuesday and do that all day um there's tower duty um and then of course there's a shift supervisor
1: cool and see that's so interesting i didn't know that i'm coming for a tour
2: you can that sounds really
1: really interesting
2: i'm going to join in too okay
1: (laughs) yeah that would i let's do it let's totally do it we'll have to do it in december though because i have to digress again (laughs) i am insanely busy do you want to know why because the chamber gala is coming up right around the corner november 12th that is our big banquet with all of the community awards like citizen of the year business of the year entrepreneur of the year you can see all of the awards over at catchcanchamber.com now this year's menu okay so a couple people were like hey the tickets are a hundred dollars i'm like they are is there a break for buying a table? No, there's not. And the reason being, the reason being, folks, is the Cape Fox has put together this off the chart, I mean off the charts menu. Full on four courses multiple choices and you've got past, decadent past hors d'oeuvres prior to, we've got specialty cocktails around. I'm working with Humpback on possibly getting an oyster bar in there in addition. So you're mill around in this great environment, which I'll talk more about later. And then you're seated at this amazing meal where there is a choice of salads. And then a really just, I mean, they've got halibut, they've got so much stuff on the menu. And you can see the event with the description of the menu uh, on our Facebook page and also at catchcanchamber.com. So then it's followed by your choice of three different desserts. And, yeah, I know, right? That's fine. Uh huh. <laughs> it's that's why there's no. That's why there's not a price. It is worth every penny. And so, for people who you know, maybe there you have a smaller office. I know a lot of people that do this. You know, maybe you have, you have two or three people in your business or your office, or you want to combine or whatever. This is a really cool idea to do, like a motivational event, you know, mm. or hey, thank you for having a great season, or. Or whatever you want to do Uh, the tables are tables of eight and so you can get those tickets they've already been selling really fast last year people those tickets sold out in advance we have more available this year because we're at the Ted Ferry but get your tickets it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing
3: I'm thinking Valentine's Day in November
1: yeah <laughs> there you go there you go i've had several people i have couples book already mm-hmm. so it'll be great okay back to the job center okay so you're brand new we're doing all these cool things thank you for partnering with the chamber in sebia uh for doing this massive job fair and trade expo in march that'll give us time to plan and that'll be amazing too but people come into the job center they come in for various things and They've got all of these tools available to them. Um, what do you think? I'm curious to know. So they, you've got local jobs, right? So people could locally can list their jobs with you. Is that correct?
3: That's correct, yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, why would you not take advantage of that, people? Because there's no cost, is there?
3: There's is no cost at all. Just think about a huge database. We need to get all those employers in, and then we're going to get all the employees in. let's do those matches and employers actually can do their own search by resume and they can find employees and they can reach out to them and if you know obviously if the employee has their uh, connection their contact information you know open to receiving Mm -hmm. uh, they can do their own search they can find those employees that match them the best reach out to them and start a conversation
1: why would you not? You know, this is, this is just absolutely just like a sales funnel. People, if you don't know what that is, you put, imagine a funnel. You stuff in as many things in the top of that funnel as you can, meaning reaching out to the people in, in the job center's database, right? And maybe you only have two positions open, but maybe it'd be wise to put in 10 in the top of your funnel and reach out to those people, and then maybe the two will pop out of the bottom.
3: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think so, because that, that's exactly what I would, would be doing. I think that is amazing. What? You, this is probably too early. Um, I'm wondering, because I've seen on social media a lot of people, uh, just because it was on my radar that, my, here's my friend Rebecca going over to the Job Center, but people were on Facebook like, hey, I went over to the job center. The lights are out. No one's home. I mean, like a bunch of people were like that. And I always tried to have your back, Rebecca, and be like, they're opening soon. They got a new manager. <laughs> Looking for that soon.
2: And on top of that, being as new as she is, she was willing to open the door to us to have a recruiting day um, this Wednesday. So, and, and that's pretty brave on her part. So I was really impressed that she was, you know saying hey come on down and so we're gonna have a team there to help her and we're ready to meet you you don't have to come to jail to meet us ah. you can come to the job center and we'll be happy to see you there well what time is that
1: happening because that's pretty cool <laughs>
2: that's from nine to three on this wednesday the fifth
1: okay so you could stop in even if you're remotely curious stop mm-hmm. in and say hey what what's this all about and you could do a deeper dive with those folks in terms of like what's the job about, what are the benefits, et cetera, et cetera. That's the
2: plan. That's the plan to be available to answer questions so it's not scary or this doesn't fit me. Um, I started in corrections at 19. Um, in a different state. So there's a lot of things that people have uh, misconceptions about that we could try to say, hey, it's more like this. Mm -hmm. So please just come check it out and meet Rebecca and meet me. So I'm happy to be out of jail. Well, let's talk (laughs) about that misimpressions. You know, I
1: think a lot of people, um, and this is just me making an assumption, I could be totally wrong, but some people, they might be afraid to go to the job center. Like, are are people going to look down their noses at me because whatever name name your reason i've been a stay-at-home mom for 5 years i've been retired but i want to get back in the workforce cuz of this inflation um or i'm i'm a young person i've never had a job or maybe i uh, you know i've been a librarian for 5 years but i really my dream was to work on the marine highway I, you don't look down at people do you
3: oh absolutely not we all need jobs and we all need training within our jobs
1: Yeah, so it's really a collaborative, friendly kind of environment.
3: Absolutely. It's completely open. We have computers available for you. We have printers. We have scanners. It's all free services.
2: And I saw her in action uh, last week because I dropped by myself. It's bright. It's airy. It's cheery. It's open. Um, The computers were up. She had a person that needed some assistance, and she was on it. So um, you don't have to be intimidated, I don't think. And we just talked about it before we got here. Um, about hey have that sandwich board up so if someone is a little shy and doesn't want to speak up that you know you can just put up some announcements for jobs and you know that way you don't have to if you're coming back into the workforce or making a change you don't have to be worried about it. it it was a super bright place.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, and you know, here's the thing. Uh, Don't forget, you know, Job Center, you guys are Chamber members. We have a little job listing thing on the Chamber's website, uh, just because people were asking for it, right? We try to to be as helpful as possible. Mm -hmm. If you have a a position, you can put any of those, not just from that you have like at the Job Center, but you know, if a local business comes in and wants to put something on our job listing, feel free to go ahead and do it. It takes literally like two minutes. Excellent. Yeah. We'll use
3: that resource definitely. The yeah. more, the better.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Alrighty, eleven forty-one here. Business Matters Monday. Michelle with the Greater Ketchikan Chamber of Commerce. Want to give a big shout out to Scanlan Gallery. You know, the Art Walk is this Friday, and Scanlan Gallery is celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. Wow! And they're doing a big shindig. They've got a visiting artist. Everything else. That is gonna be awesome. I mean, 50 years is a long time to be in business, so kudos, stop in if you're out on the art walk, and uh, give them a big high five, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Beautiful place. They are
3: truly amazing people, too.
1: Yeah. Really good people. They did a great job uh, filming, uh, or filming, framing rather, Dick Miller in our Rotary Club made this beautiful uh, map of the creek where we do the duck race, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. And, you know, he's a a famous local artist and I was like, oh my gosh. So he made me one with a little box on it that says, Michelle's house. (laughs) So I took it down to Scanlon and she helped me and framed it all up. It was beautiful and it was done really quick and, and it was great. Hey, flipping hats, Rebecca, Rotary. Um, you're very involved in the community we're in Rotary together there's another thing coming up too and lots of people have been asking about this Rotary Youth Exchange is coming back right? Yes you're grinning from ear to ear so am I so am I yes
3: I'm so excited this will be my um, first working with the project and working with the program but I am so excited to get a youth of ours to go overseas and experience another culture in another country and we'll get it inbound and then we'll have a youth here that we will be able to show them Ketchikan and what we're all about, how amazing Ketchikan is.
1: Yeah, this is such a community tradition. If you didn't know folks, both of my daughters went out on Rotary Youth Exchange. The kids go out in August and they spend the school year abroad. Uh, in a different country and that they're matched up with by the way so they're not going to send this really boisterous uh exuberant you know w- you know just one of those really kind of loud and proud kids they're not sending them to taiwan they're, they they might match that personality better with like a brazil um they, so it's very very calculated in terms of where the kids go also uh I'll have you know there are lots of exchange programs out there, however, Rotary Youth Exchange is known to be the safest with the most control mechanisms in the entire world. Every single person here locally on our team are vetted through the State Department. The homes in which the kids stay are all vetted. Uh, And the same thing goes on the other end. So if you're nervous about sending your child out, you shouldn't be. They're also hosted by Rotarians. And uh, it's a really great experience. My daughters went to Brazil and the other one went to Ecuador. And they both had amazing exchanges. Uh, every year there's different countries on the list. Uh, none of them are, like, we're not sending your kid to Iran. It's not happening. Uh, you know, but I've seen, let's see, I've seen Italy, Denmark, Hungary, Germany, Australia? Mexico. Uh, I haven't seen Australia lately. Okay. Uh, Brazil, um, Ecuador, obviously, uh, I, there's another one chile maybe I thought turkey uh turkey was on the list you're mm-hmm. right years ago russia was on the list not anymore um but they but they uh keep the kids in in their there's a selected uh I guess we would call it partner Countries. But anyway, long story short, here's your chance uh, if your kids are interested. And i ha- actually had some parents pull me inside and say, Oh, you know, my kid's interested. I was told to call you. Um, we're going to be having some meetings next week at K-HI uh, where the kids will be able to ask questions. We go around to the classrooms. And then we'll also have a parent-kid meeting. Uh, so there's kind of a thought process involved here, and the parents are invited to participate, you know, ask your questions you know, anything under the sun is perfectly okay to... Wouldn't you say, I mean, I would I would ask everything and anything that crosses my mind. Yeah, and, you know, the kid... Here's the deal, folks. Your child cannot... Really, ultimately, we're looking at kids who will be juniors next year. So it would be this year's sophomore class. If there are freshmen who are interested, certainly they could be considered as well. Um, but they do not like to send kids who are gonna be seniors. Also, this is interesting, and I learned this because this was going to happen to my eldest daughter. Um, they can't be turning 18 uh, while they're gone. Hmm. Well, and the reason being, Jessica, they'll turn into an adult and You're they an might adult. be like, hey, I really like Brazil, not coming home. <laughs> not coming home, <laughs> having a great time here. Um, but it just so happened with my daughter, the kids come home you know, in that July to August timeframe. Her birthday is July 13th. So what they did is they just pulled it back a little bit and they sent her home at the end of June. Um, So that's the way that that works. Perfect
3: compromise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and also
1: here's the other thing. They get get all sorts of language training as well. And so you know, part of the beauty of this is the immersion in the culture um, because the kids truly, they go to local school and they are immersed in that culture and they come back uh, fluent. I mean, they do. I'll tell you what, uh, Holly, my younger daughter, she is actually uh, working for a, uh, a terrorism threat assessment cybersecurity company that deals with high profile targets in Spanish. Wow. In Spanish. Yeah because she learned it on Rotary Youth Exchange. Mm -hmm. She would have never gotten that job. And she didn't come back and take Spanish classes, I assure you. She didn't take Spanish classes in college either. She just kept up with it. She's had conversations. These kids all stay in touch with each other. And she's completely fluent. And so that within her company, she deals with Spanish language threats and threat assessments and everything else. And that's all I know because that's all she can tell me. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, you know, and oftentimes uh, Devin, uh, who's fluent in Portuguese, having gone to Brazil, she's been called upon to, you know, do various things. uh, And I'm sure she will in her new role uh, with the new defense contractor that she is uh, now just started with. Uh, So anyway, it's a great program. If you have any any questions whatsoever, uh, reach out to a Rotarian that you know. Most people in the club are deeply familiar. Uh, with the program Uh, many of the counselors up at the up at the high school and the teachers up at the high school they are deeply familiar this has been a long tradition in Ketchikan it's so awesome to see it come back right Um, oh here's two other places that kids have gone Thailand and India
3: oh amazing places I know Mm -hmm. right I've spent some time in Thailand. That is an incredible place. That would be an amazing opportunity for a student.
1: I think uh, one uh, kid went out. I know we had someone come into Ketchikan, um, Indonesia.
3: Incredible.
1: Taiwan, we've had several kids come here from Taiwan, I know, because I hosted both of those young men in our house. Here's the other thing, folks. If you're thinking, oh, that sounds really neat. I'm interested in that. Or maybe they're like me, like it's just me and my dogs. Well, you could host an inbound kid in your house. It's three months. They get to live with you like they're a kid in your family. Um, I had a question from a parent that said, well, I have a daughter. Surely they'll send me uh, an inbound that's a girl. No, not necessarily. They won't. Uh, You can make that stipulation if you wish, but no, not necessarily. We've had kids stay in homes here locally where the family had six of their own kids. And yeah, the kid just needs to have a place to sleep, a verifiable bedroom. It can be shared with a, a sibling of the same sex, and they need to have a place to do their schoolwork. And you've got to feed them. That's it. Get them to school. Make sure they go to school. That's it.
2: Pretty cool. Why are
1: you grinning at me? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. So Rebecca is also the what we call the youth exchange officer for Rotary, and. Um, you're going to do a great job. You've got a deep bench behind you, so don't worry about it. Thank you. So and meetings, I'm... meetings will happen next week. In the meantime, stop by the Job Center this Wednesday from 9 to 3, right, Jessica? Yes, ma'am. All righty. And don't forget also, wet oh, I just had a great idea. Here's what you do. You go over to the Job Center around, like, say, 10 or 11 o'clock, maybe run a few errands, and then stop by the chamber this, this Wednesday for a free lunch at noon and talk to Senator Stebbins. It's brilliant. I have just planned your Wednesday for you. There you go. Always good stuff happening at the Chamber. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget, our newsletter comes out on Monday. If you do not have it in your inbox, I always put it on our Facebook page as well. Have a great rest of your week. Don't forget, we are here to help you and your business 24-7.